Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. Giddy up. Come on. That's fun. That's fun. Uh, Welcome to Harvest Valley uh, Worship Center. If you came in um, a little bit late, we do our announcements at the very beginning now. Uh, There is a bulletin. There are also um, uh, a calendar, a Google calendar that is accurately being updated consistently. You know, like some people are like, it's not right. No, it's right now. So you can find that at hvwc.com. You can also give online at hvwc.com. If you're here with us for the first time, I do ask that you fill out a newcomer um, card. card just so that we can send you an email as well as connect with you. We do have a team that just wants to pray with you and support you however we can. Um, And we believe that God, uh, you're here today with purpose. All of us are here today for a reason. God doesn't operate in serendipity. He's intentional. Amen. Amen. Some of you are like, what does that mean? All right. What I, what I want to do right now is get into the Word of God. Are you guys ready? Okay, but I'm not bringing the Word today. Because we've got an on-fire, amazing woman of God who is here to release, to release the fire of God. And I pray that you are ready to receive. Are you ready to receive this morning? Lisa, come on up. Flip your thing off. She's in the headset, Richard. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Good. I'm going to squeeze that. Okay. Just like that. There you go. So it has been an absolute joy to work with this amazing woman. She's got an absolute anointing for uh, inner healing, deliverance, all of those things. It is amazing to see her in action. Yeah. And we're all going to receive today from you. She's part of our, minister, our MIT group, the Ministers and Training Group, and when she joined, uh, we all got upgraded. Amen. Come on. Because of what she carries, we all get to receive from, and we're so grateful for you. Yeah. Thank okay? you. Okay? All right. You. Come on. Thank we're you. excited for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, don't choke me up. Oh, thank you, Lord. So before we get started, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for who you are and all that you do in our lives. And Lord, I just ask that the Holy Spirit would brood over this room and that you would speak to everyone's heart, Father. Everyone's heart would be touched. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Emily. Okay, so as I was praying and asking the Lord, what do you want me to speak about? He gave me the title. He first gave me altars and idols. And then he added offenses. And I was like, oh, do we really have to go here, Lord? Can't I have one of those fluffy, nice, fluffy messages? 
kind and fluffy and fun. It's going to be fun. Yes, it is. Because he's that way. Anyway, so the Lord and Chris said, you know, you're going to be speaking about healing. And I said, okay. And so God said, I want you to speak on the hindrances of healing. Things that hinder your healing. And that's when he gave me the title about altars, idols, and offenses. Those are three things. When I say altars, I'm talking about false altars we built to build to false gods. I'm not talking about God's altar. And because there's two kinds of altars, but there's God's altar and then there's the altars that we build to our idols and we worship our idols there. And so when he gave me that, I was like, yeah, yeah, we need to get these things out of our lives so we can, you know, walk in freedom and wholeness. So God is so passionate about us walking in our freedom, our wholeness. He paid such a, Jesus paid such a high price for freedom, for us to walk in freedom. And um, so he doesn't want us to walk in bondage. So he, um, this is a, a scripture that the Lord um, has given me. It's one of my scriptures that when I was going through cancer, um, the Lord spoke this scripture to me, and it's John 10.10. 10. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. And so I'm going to read here, uh, John 10.10 10 is... A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you ever expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Now, I don't know about you, but I still am not there yet. <laughs> I'm we're, we're pressing on, but I'm still not there yet because there's still areas that God is continuing to heal in my life. So um, the Lord said, you know, healing is a journey and it involves us. Um, and God is passionate about our wholeness. Like I said, Jesus paid such a high price for us to walk in freedom and wholeness. So... Um, the, the first point I wanted to talk about was, like I said, was, um, is altar. And let me give you a definition of what altar is, an altar is. It's a place on which we sacrifice, which sacrifices are offered, or incense is burned in worship. Now, like I said, there are two types of altars. There's the altar of the Lord. And then there's altars that we've built for false gods, you know, the idols in our lives. So I'm also going to read Romans 12, 1 and 2 from the Passion Translation. And it said, it says, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. 
So he's looking for living sacrifices, and that's us. He wants us to lay everything that hinders in our lives. He wants us to lay it down. And he told me, he says, you know, he says, there's two, ki- there's two kingdoms, but you can't live in both. Amen. You have to live, you, you know, you're either going to live for the kingdom of God or you're going to live for the kingdom of this world. But you can't have your feet in both. You have to choose. Today is the day that you choose which kingdom you want to be a part of. Because let me tell you, there's no freedom in the kingdom of this world. There's bondage. There's heartache. There's, there's, there's just bondage and slavery and prison and that's not good. That's not a good place to be. We don't want to be there. We want to live in the fullness of the kingdom of God. And so the Lord, you know, told me, he says, there's no freedom apart from me. You're going to try to find freedom everywhere, but there's no freedom apart from me. So, um, he said, when you continually sacrifice at the altar of self, what makes me feel good? We will live in bondage. And so Hebrews um, 12 says, um, let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Now, I love the footnote in the, the Passion Translation. The footnote says, get rid of every arrow tip in us. The implication is carrying an arrow tip inside, a wound that weighs us down and keeps us from running our race with freedom. The sin that is so cleverly entangles us, the sin that is ready and waiting for us. So when we have, you know, as he was speaking to me, he says, you know, when you have wounds, Wounds have a smell of death, and they attract darkness. So when we have wounded areas in our life, we're, it's, it's just, it's not a good, it's not good. It's not good to have those wounds. And, you know, some wounds are, like, I'll just, you know, a couple, give you a couple examples. You know, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, offenses. Those are some of the wounds that we carry along and we try to, you know, live in freedom, but we're, all the while, we're, we're bleeding from, from these wounds because we haven't repented and asked the Lord for healing. Now, I'm going to read um, Proverbs 6, um, verses 16 through 19. Uh, Kevin read this in MIT on Thursday, and it was just it so... It so resonated with me. I was like, ooh, I got to read that. That's so good. So this is, um, these are the seven things that God hates. So it says in verse 16, it says, there are six evils God truly hates, and the seventh one, that is an abomination to him. Putting others down while considering yourself superior. 
and that's pride. Spreading lies and rumors, gossip and accusations. Spilling the blood of the innocent, plotting evil in our hearts towards another, gloating over doing what's plainly wrong, spouting lies and false testimony, and stirring up strife between friends. These are entirely despicable to God. Now, if we're all honest, we've all done probably each one of these things, if we're just being honest. But you know what's wonderful about the Lord is when we ask him to forgive us for participating in these things that he hates, he forgives us and he cleanses us. But we have to ask for forgiveness and we have to repent and turn from those things. So my concern, like as as a you know, as the body here is we really need to stop partnering with the accuser of the brethren. That is really on my heart. Um, it's so easy with the wounds that we have to get caught up and start accusing people and walking in accusations and gossip and bitterness and jealousy and all those things, pride. So we need to stop doing that. And the Lord asked me uh, to, you know, ask this question. Are we leaving a trail of blood everywhere we go? You know, hurt people hurt people. And can we have the grace and the mercy of God in our lives that when someone does hurt us, we can lay that before the altar and ask the Lord, to heal us and to surround them and to pray for them and to lift them up before God instead of taking that wound and then wounding them some more. So he just wants us to lay our lives down and come to his altar and present ourselves as that living sacrifice and let him burn all the chaff, all the dross, let it come, let it come and get out of our lives. So now I'll talk about um, idols. And an idol is an image or representation of a god used as an object of worship. So to me, an idol is anything that takes... God's place. Anything we put ahead of God is an idol. And I think a lot of times we don't even realize we're doing that because it's so familiar. It's a familiar spirit that's, you know, we're just, well, you know, I've always been sensitive. You know, that's just my personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we can be sensitive, but there's, a, there's sensitivity to God, and then there's that sensitivity to flesh and self 
And we're not supposed to be sensitive that way. So, um, you know, some of the things, you know, uh, idols in our lives, um, it can be, you know, self. Other people can be idols in our lives. Things can be idols in our lives. And, you know, the Lord gave me this. What consumes our time? Boy, that can be an idol. Yeah. I mean, what, what consumes our time? Are we, and I love social media, don't get me wrong. I love Facebook and YouTube and all those things and, you know, fun. But does it consume our time? Do we run to that before we run to the Lord? And then, you know, who or what do we run for comfort? What do we go? I'm just going to share my story of what I ran to for comfort. Several things, but all, the big one was food, because you can see it on your body when your comfort is food. And so, you know, for my lifetime, I, that was kind of the thing I could control. And so I went to food because it comforted me instead of saying, okay, God, you know, I need to run to you and I need to lay this down and I need you to comfort me. Not that, you know, I mean, when we get anxious, do we, you know, oh, I just, I need that glass of wine or I need that, you know, I need that pill or I need, you know, what, I need that, I need this. Oh, I got to call so-and-so, they could help me. Let's come before the Lord. Let's come before the Lord and let's bow our hearts before him and let's surrender that to him. And so in the process um, with my food addiction, the Lord showed me, he said, well, you know, you're going to food for comfort. And that is, you know, you have to stop. It's an idol in your life. And so I had to repent, and I had to say, Lord, forgive me for uh, going to that instead of running to you when I have an issue, going to the pan of brownies, because, boy, it's easy to cook a pan of brownies, and they taste so good. But he wants us to come to him. And so I said, Lord, would you forgive me for abusing your temple? This is your temple. This is where you live. If I kill your temple before the time, you know, he says, you're, you're killing yourself with food. You're literally murdering yourself every day with food, and you need to stop because this is where I dwell. This, well, you're here. This is where I can dwell on earth, and I can, you know, move through you and I can speak through you and I can touch people's lives through you. If you're sick or depressed, you know, because of, you know, your food addiction, uh, you don't feel good or you're consumed with it, you don't have time to go and minister before the Lord, you know, and to other people because you're too consumed with that. So, and then I also had to ask, um, I asked my, it might sound weird, but I asked my body, I said, would you forgive me, body? Would you forgive me for abusing you and putting you through so much damage? You know, the wake-up call was, I, I was di diagnosed with diabetes in June. And that was a big wake-up call. And that was like, whoa, okay, I got to do something. So basically, thank the Lord 
I'm not diabetic anymore. I never had to go on insulin. My blood sugar's down to 5.6 A1C. So I'm below diabetic, and, and it's because of the Lord and what he helped me to do. Now, a lot of people have said, oh, you have such great willpower. Oh, you've done so great. And I always have to say, no, <laughs> no. The Lord has given me the strength to do this. This is not me. When you look at this, this is not me. This is the Lord who has walked me through and strengthened me every step of the way. Now, do I still struggle at times and want that pound of brownies? Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I do. That's when I go and I get before the Lord. And I say, Lord, I need your help. I need you to help me. And I need, and I'm going to surrender this desire. And I'm going to surrender it to you. And I, I want whatever still, whatever wound is still in there, that stills kind of causing me to want to reach out to that, would you reveal that to me so I can repent and release it and get it out of my life? You know, and he's so gracious and he's so faithful to do that. He's so faithful. So my heart is, is that, oh Lord, my heart is that we would not turn to idols in our lives. That we would really look at when we're struggling, that we would really look and say, okay, God, what's going on? What's in here? What's in here? Why, what do I need to let go of? And to me, this is just something that's come up. To me, like repentance is like just a, a release. You know, I, here you go, Lord. I repent. I give this to you. I give this to you. We, we kind of always think that living sacrifice, altar, you know, oh, oh, those are all, oh, that's really hard, but it's not if we just surrender. If we just lay our hearts down and we say, okay, God, you know that I can't do this. You know that I am weak and I do not have the strength, but in you, you have given me that strength. So I know a lot of times with our healings, you know, especially our physical healing, we kind of want God to, you know, wave a magic wand you know, over our lives, and poof, oh, I'm all better. Fairy godmother, okay. You know, God doesn't always, he's not the fairy godmother. Stop watching Cinderella. He ain't the fairy godmother. He's a holy God. And he does, he does sometimes, I mean, there's miracles that just, boom, they're, they're automatic miracles. I'm not saying there's not. There are times, but there's a lot of times it's a process. There's a process of walking, walking it out. So we can't get all, you know, oh, well, my healing didn't come. And, you know, the Lord also said to me, he says, you know, before healing is expressed outwardly, it has to be expressed inwardly. We have to be healed inside before it comes out. 
You know, a lot of times we want the physical outside to be healed, but we still got all the junk inside. And you know, it, that's, it's not going to work. We already know that. It just, it doesn't work. We can get a temporary relief, but it doesn't work. And uh, so I, um, I love what Nathan Edwardson said. He's the pastor from the Stirring Church in Redding, California. And he said, uh, too often we expect God to wave his hand and to heal us while God tends to invite us on a journey. Healing isn't just something God does for us, but with us and in us. Profoundly, God is as concerned about our heart, our heart's wholeness, as he is our physical healing. So God wants to heal the leprosy in our hearts, you know? And so... We can choose, um, you know, we can choose to worship false idols, but all that does is invite leprosy to continue to grow and expand in our hearts more and more and more. So um, we have to turn our hearts back to God because he alone is our healer. So the, the next one is offenses. And I don't know if any of you have read The Bait of Satan by John Bevere, but it's an excellent book. And I think it's something that we probably should all read again or read for the first time. Um, In this hour, offenses run rampantly. I mean, there are so many offenses, you know, and it's a bait, it's that bait that Satan brings us and it defiles many those offenses and the bitterness that's caused by that. So offenses are resentment uh, resentment brought about by perceived insult. Now I love the word perceived. Perceived insult. What what lenses are you looking through? How are you seeing that because you know if we have the heart of God nothing's going to insult us nothing's going to offend us I mean look at what they said to Jesus well he could have taken everybody out in two seconds he could have said well I tell you what I'm going to go back home and none of you are going to be saved take that But thank goodness he didn't, huh? Thank goodness he didn't do that. Praise the Lord. So, um, you know, one of the things is offenses, they come from a lack of genuine love. If we walk in love, God's love, not our perception of what love is. I think the problem is, is we get a perception of what we think love is. And it's really not God's love. God's love's totally different than our perception. We think our, our we think love is all the fluffy, gooey, you know. Oh, it all feels good. Love sometimes is is it's correction. You know, love sometimes is it's hard. But he's faithful. 
And he loves us so much, he doesn't want to leave us in the place of bondage and sin and everything. So um, our response to offense just determines our future. If we're offended, we're stunted. You might as well just go sit in the corner and forget it. Because, I mean, you're really, you stunted your growth. You're not going to be good to anybody if you're offended. And um, I love this statement by Gary Muller. It says, never let sin against you produce sin in you. How, how many times, again, um, never let sin against you produce sin in you. You know, when we get offended, it produces sin in us when we walk in that offense, when we choose not to forgive. It, it produces that sin. And, you know, often when we're offended, we see ourselves as victims and we try to justify everything. Well. You just don't understand. If you understood what they did to me, you'd understand. And you'd, you'd be mad at them too. You'd be offended too. Well, thank goodness, like I said, Jesus didn't do that. Thank goodness he didn't get offended. You know, because where would we be now? Well, that's a scary thought. So... Um, we have to forgive. And when we set up, you know, for offense, when we have that offense, it we kind of expect that person's behavior to, you know, it has to go the way we think it has to go. And you know what? Let's face it. Like, Annalie was saying, we can't control anything. We think we can. Trust me, me and you, Annalie, we're, we're, I'm professional. I got the control badge. Sheriff control. <laughs> Lord said, take that badge off and set it down. Sheriff control. So he wants, he, you know, he wants us to stop and stop rehearsing everything in our mind. You know, I, I have to always bless, I love my husband, bless his heart, but I always have to tell him because he'll, he'll say, well, well you, you know, you're, you think this. And I'm like, you're not in my head. You don't know what I'm thinking. You're not in my head. So quit perceiving that you know what I'm thinking. Because that just brings an offense. So stop the perception. Let's get the heart of God. When someone offends us, let's go before God. And let's say, okay, Lord, that was an owie. Ooh, that was an owie. We don't need to go before our friend. Did you know what this person did to me? Do you know how much they hurt me? Yeah. And your friend, oh, you poor thing. Oh, you poor thing. Well, we're turning to an idol because we're turning for them for comfort instead of saying, okay, Lord, that really hurt. And I need you to heal that area and I need to bless that person. Lord, whatever they're going through, because let's face it, hurt people hurt people. So it's usually a hurt that they're going through that hasn't been healed that hurts you. So let's ask and let's say, Lord, what 
is it that I can pray for them? What wound do they have in their life that I need to pray and maybe minister to them? And maybe just show them compassion and show them your love. And that changes, you know, that'll change things. And sometimes it doesn't change things. Sometimes they still are nasty and mean. And guess what? You're not going to die. You're not going to die. You just say, okay, Lord, I still don't understand. But I still choose to forgive them. I still choose not to pick up that offense and carry it. I'm going to forgive them and I'm going to bless them. So um, it's, um, yeah, we, offense, it, it, it just leads to betrayal. And betrayal, you know, leads to hatred. So offense is, to me, offense is like a cancer in our soul. And if we don't get rid of it, it keeps growing and growing and growing. So let's not let that get rooted and grounded in our lives. And humility and, if, and refusing to avenge yourself, those are the keys that free you from the pr- prison of offense. So if we're humble and we try not to get repayment, those things will keep us free from walking in offense. And forgiveness, also forgiveness, um, well, when, when we have an offense, when an offense occurs to us, it's like a debt that's, that we feel is owed. But forgiveness cancels that debt. So if we can walk in forgiveness, that cancels that debt. And Philippians 2.4 says, Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of our own interest. There's so much, so much to that. So um, here's something too, you know, offense and all that, it leads to bitterness and resentment and all those things. And so uh, Francis Frangipan says, bitterness is unfulfilled revenge. It is produced when revenge is not satisfied to the degree we desire. So bitterness is like, of course, like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. And you know, it says in the word, it says bitterness defiles many. That's, that's kind of scary if you think about it. It's not just affecting you. It's affecting, it's, it's affecting everyone around you. So in Hebrews um, 12, 14, and 15, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here, but it says, in every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly towards holiness. Make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison in the hearts of many. And then Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults, but instead be kind 
and affectionate toward one another. And Philippians 1.9 says, I continue to pray for you, for your love to grow and increase beyond measure. So the key, so God's love is the key to freedom from offense. God's love, of course, is when we worship at his altar, we live in freedom. We don't, when we choose to run to him instead of false idols, we live in freedom. When we love and we choose to have his heart and think like he thinks and bless people, we live in freedom from offense. So I don't know about all you guys, but I would love it if you guys would all join me at the altar here today and come up and just present yourself as a living sacrifice. Um, You can come up, you can kneel if you want, you can lay prostrate, you can stand, um, whatever. But I ask that you would come up and present yourself to God and repent and ask him to heal these areas in your life because we all have them. I'm tell you, I'm I'll, I'll be I'm the first one. I'll tell you, I'm the first one. I I deal with all these things I talked about. And so, if you want to have freedom in your life, come up, come up, and um, we'll pray for you, and you spend time for the Lord, and you ask Him to touch your heart. And so, Chris, if you want to come up, you can. Yeah, come on up, everyone. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, that you take the idols, the altars, the offenses, those places that we've gone to in our lives for comfort, those places that we've gone to in order to guard and protect ourselves. And we declare, God, that you are our source. Father, I pray that every wound, offense, Everything that has been being stirred up that just is brought to mind today, I pray for a complete washing by your blood over every single part. A complete washing by the blood of Jesus over every mind. Father, that we would allow your spirit to begin to align our emotions with your word. And Father, I pray that we would be Become very aware of the idols. That you give us an awareness of when we are turning away from you and unto an idol. Where we have put a greater value on something than your presence, than your word, than who you are. Father, I thank you. that every hindrance of healing is being removed today. 
what this this means, church, is it can get messier before it gets whole. Because it means that at some point we got to get real with each other instead of continually covering up our woundedness. And the hindrances to healing is often, we prayed about it actually this morning in our in the prayer, pre-service prayer. So much of our hindrance is pride because we don't want to be exposed. We're afraid of letting other people see our altar or our idol or our offense. And yet it's in the place of humility and honest humility that we can walk out this journey of healing for all of us. Father, we thank you that your number one desire for us is that we be with you. Not for all the things we can do for you, but to be with you. Because when we're with you, you make us whole. When we're with you, we can minister from your love. When we're with you, all the things that we strive for, they just come about. So, Father, I pray that that every demonic hook that has been in the lives and the hearts of people that are here today and that are listening online, God, that every demonic hook that has kept them from being honest about their weakness, that has kept them from being honest about their wounds. And I'm not saying tell everybody, but you got to find the right people, but be honest. Let people in. Father, I pray for radical breakthroughs in healing. Father, I pray that you would cause every heart here to become soft and safe. That we would not carry someone else's story off of our lips. But that we would hold their story when they confided in us. We would not be gossips. But that we would shut our mouth and let the honor of that wound take a priority in our hearts. Teach us a new way, God. I pray that this house not only be a refuge for healing, but that it would launch many ministries from wholeness, not from wounding. I'm tired of seeing people leave a church wounded, trying to do their own thing. Father, may this be the house that people are made whole and sent Teach us how to do that, God. We're not good at it. We don't know. We're leaning entirely on you, God. So, Father, we thank you that as we learn from you, you're causing all of us here to rise to new heights. Father, I thank you and praise you for what you're doing. Let Lisa pray and finish up. Father, today, I thank you that you care so much for all of our hearts. I thank thank you that you're a generous, kind, and compassionate, loving God. And that even with our failures, you don't ridicule us, you don't berate us, you don't shame us, but you invite us into healing, Father. 
you extend that invitation, Father, because you're so loving and you're so gracious. And I thank you so much for all that you're doing today in everyone's hearts and my heart. And Father, I just ask that you would help us realize to continue that journey towards wholeness that you have provided for us. In Jesus' name, go out and be blessed, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.